What up, world? It's your past first point guard and Blazer beat writer Mike Richmond. You're listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts. The Blazers dropped a 4-8 and eight on Wednesday night after losing the Toronto Raptors. They've now dropped seven of their last eight games, and they're in a bad way. We're going to talk all about it. We're also going to talk about a big change in the starting lineup, the Blazers' fourth quarter woes, and Damian Lillard versus the world, which is becoming a theme for the Blazers' season. But let's start with some good news for a change. I never start with the good news, y'all, but that's what I'm doing because there's going to be a lot of bad news in the second half of the episode. So let's start there. Nazir Little got his first NBA start against the Toronto Raptors. I don't do recaps on this podcast, so if you're looking for that, it's on the internet somewhere else. I would rather talk about the big picture implications of things, but I will read you Nazir Little's box score. Blazers lost 114-106. Nas, 23 minutes, 3 of 10 from the floor, 1 of 5 from 3, grabbed 5 rebounds, had a steal, a block, a turnover, committed 4 fouls, scored 7 points. If you're into this, he was plus zero. <laughs> I don't really think you should be into it, but if you're into single game plus minus, there was. He was even. Okay, this was a big deal for a couple reasons. And the most important for listeners of this podcast is because I was wrong. Uh, we did a mailbag earlier this week, and one of you asked, in fact, it was Jake Smith at JakeSme9 on Twitter, asked me, is Nazir Little part of the plan? And I said, no, Jake, no, definitely not. He's not part of the plan. With Rodney Hood's back, they're not going to play Nas. They're going to play the vets. Terry doesn't like young guys. He's reluctant to play rookies. He doesn't think they need in-season playing time to improve. He thinks they can improve behind the scenes. Gave you all these reasons. And I was wrong. I was wrong. I just got it wrong. Rodney Hood came back. Actually played pretty well against the Raptors. He really helps the Blazers. I may have underrated how important Rodney Hood is to this team after watching him come back in this game after a couple after two games not playing. He's he's really valuable, but he's not the point for right now. The Blazers have been experimenting with different power forwards all season long. They wanted to start Zach Collins there. That was the plan. 30 minutes a night for Zach Collins. Instead, with Zach out. With shoulder surgery, they tried to go Anthony Tolliver, but he's he's maybe not an NBA player right now. He's just not good. Um, age comes for us all. It's father time undefeated. It may have caught up with Tolliver. He's just, he's unplayable right now. Mario Hazonia just not, he's not cut out for a big minute role. He does too many stupid things. He can't shoot. He's best with the ball in his hands and playing him on a lineup with Dame and CJ and Rodney Hood. Seems like a mistake because he needs the ball in his hands. So, Terry Stotts did what he does. And he turned to a rookie to play with the starters. I say did what he does because this isn't that uncommon with Terry Stotts. He prefers to play young guys. See Noah Vonley or Victor Claver or out early in his career, Alan Crabb, before he kind of carved out a role off the bench. But when Crabb was first playing in year two, it was as a starter, spot minute starter, because he, he feels like you can hide young guys or at least have young guys play with your best players early in games, and it gives them a best chance to kind of just fit in where they don't have to play outsized roles in the second unit. So I was wrong. Nas played, and Nas played pretty well. 
guarded Pascal Siakam okay. Siakam missed about three layups early in the game that probably would really, really, really changed about how we felt about Nazir Little. But beyond that, um, asking him to guard Pascal Siakam in his first start is truly wild. Um, an all-star, probably all-star starter in the East, probably top five in the MVP voting in the first month of the season. Like Siakam's been awesome. And yet, Nazir might have been their best bet. His athleticism was obvious. He is big enough, strong enough, fast enough to guard NBA players. He doesn't, he's not always super smart about it. He got beat a couple times on the same spin move. Mario Zonia later did, but um, Mario Zonia is not exactly the picture of basketball IQ. So that's not a, uh, maybe not a great comparison. But Little held his own. He played with energy. He crashed the offensive glass. He, uh, Missed a couple open threes. He's not a great shooter. But he had, all in all, I would say, a positive night. A very positive night for someone who went 3 for 10 from the floor. And talking with... The way Terry Stotts talked about it after the game, the way guys in the locker room talked about it after the game, I would assume that Nazir Little is here to stay as the starting power forward. Which is quite a turnaround. It's why I went out of my way to say I was wrong. I think for right now, for we'll say five games for this road trip. They're Blazers about to go on the road for six, six games on the road over 11 days. I assume Nas starts most of those games at straight up power forward. San Antonio and Houston don't have big imposing front lines. He can play against those teams. New Orleans and Milwaukee are likely to go small. I think the big test is when they get to Cleveland, whether he can play against Kevin Love, but we'll see. More than anything else, Nazir Little looks didn't look out of his depth. He didn't look overmatched. He didn't look out of place. And quite frankly, considering the Blazers' other options, I think that's about as good as it gets. He is not a solution on a team that is going to make a deep playoff run, starting Nazir Little at power forward. But for a team that needs any type of help, that is 4-8 and really struggling and has a massive hole at power forward, for right now, until a trade comes, and you know it's coming at some point, maybe in February, but it's coming. Could be a long time for Nas, that's like 50 games. Um... Before it comes, before that trade arrives, before a roster move arrives, Nazir Little, for all his warts, his lack of shooting, he's not a a much of a ball handler, he's not a great passer, but a high-energy, really good athlete who crashes the glass on both ends and competes very hard on defense is about as good as the Blazers can do right now. I think Nazir Little is going to be the starting power forward for the foreseeable future, in large part because that is the Blazers' best option. I don't think he closes the game. I think the Blazers are still going to close the game with a small lineup that is some combination of Dame, CJ, Rodney Hood, and Hassan Whiteside. And that fifth guy will either be Kent Bazemore or or Anthony Simons. I think that's your crunch time group, but I think your open the game group now features Nazir Little, and because Nazir Little has earned it by being the best option. I did not think we would be here 12 games in. I have been saying for since July that I didn't think Nazir Little would play at all. In fact, I think in a best case, worst case scenario episode, I said that the if 
Nazir Little was playing Something Has Gone Wrong. Friends, dear listeners, something has gone wrong, and Nazir Little is a totally reasonable solution to this problem at this stage. He isn't going to set the world on fire. He is not going to make an all-rookie team playing the way he played tonight. But he can probably help the Blazers tread water. They were in range to win this game when he was on the court. He didn't hurt them. And for the other options, not hurting is a great place to be. Okay, second segment. Talking about the Blazers' fourth quarter struggles. They've been one of the worst teams at crunch time. And I want to give you the nitty-gritty details on what that looks like. All right, so we talked about Nazir Little, the power forward of the present, and maybe the future? Certainly the present. Now I want to talk about the Blazers' struggles in close games. They have eight losses in 12 games this year. And by my count, six, at least six of those, have been decided in the final six minutes. Now, they all haven't been straight-up crunch time, the way NBA counts it, clutch losses. But they have been games that have been in the balance in the last half of the fourth quarter, and the Blazers have lost them because they weren't good enough. Opening night against the Nuggets. The Spurs game, maybe you can count it, uh, but really they were down big and came charging back. But Damian Lillard did miss a shot that would have forced overtime. Sixers game, they led by they took a, they lost the lead and then led with two seconds left and then lost the game basically at the buzzer. At the Warriors, they got totally just pantsed. That was a total faceplant. Clippers game was a game where they just got out-talented down the stretch. That game was close until about the five-minute mark. The game against Brooklyn where Dame had 60 came down to crunch time. Kings game, the Blazers kind of let it get away from them. I guess they sort of made it close down the stretch, but I wouldn't count that as, as a game they lost at crunch time. And then against the Raptors, Blazers were right in it until about the seven-minute mark. Game was tied at 94, and the Raptors went on a 10-0 run, put the game away. And this is the trend for the Blazers. They have lost so many of these games just by not being good as good as the other team at winning time. And here is the tough, the tough numbers behind this 12-game start. The Blazers have the worst fourth quarter defense in the NBA. Their defensive rating in the fourth quarter is 122.8, according to NBA.com. That's 122 points, basically 123 points per 100 possessions. That would be the worst defense in the NBA during all four quarters by a bunch, by about five points. Only the Warriors, a truly horrific defense, would be close. And in the fourth quarter, even those Warriors, who are super bad, but I guess get blown out so it doesn't happen as much, are significantly better than the Blazers. In fact, the Blazers' defensive rating improved. It was almost 125 heading into the Toronto game. It got better in a game that they got punked down the stretch by the Raptors. Now, the Raptors are good. The Sixers are good. The Hawks are kind of good. The Clippers are a very good team. You know, some of these games where they've lost down the stretch, they've lost to talented teams. But the Blazers, I would argue, fancied themselves a talented team a month ago. Things have changed quickly. And the defense, they've got obvious issues on defense. They lost their best defensive player in Zach Collins. 
He was such a huge part of what they were going to do. But this is the new reality. They have to figure out how to be a middle-of-the-road defense in the fourth quarter. They can't be terrible. And in addition to being the worst points-per-possession team in the NBA in the fourth quarter, they're also one of the worst in defensive rebound rate. Those numbers are tied together. Giving up offensive rebounds hurts your defense, hurts your defensive rating. So um, I'm, I'm not um, saying that these things aren't related. They're, but it's still bad news. The Blazers are the, have the second worst defensive rebound percentage in the fourth quarter of any team in the league. The only team that's worse are the 2-7 and seven Wizards, a team that will battle for the worst record in the league. And I think some of that issue is tied to what we talked about in the first segment. The Blazers don't have an option to go big down the stretch. It's going to be Hassan Whiteside and then some other four. It's going to be maybe Hazonia. I don't think it's going to be Tolliver. He got a DNP against the Kings. I'm, I think he could be out of the rotation, at least in the short term. He just hasn't been good. So it's either going to be Hood, Hazonia, or Nazir Little. Maybe even Kent Bazemore. He played down the stretch against the Kings at four. So you're going to have a small guy at four. Like, you, you might have someone as small as Kent Bazemore at 6'5". Not a rebounder, not like someone physical enough to box out a real four. He was not physical enough to handle Harrison Barnes down the stretch against the Kings. So I don't think the defensive rebounding thing is going anywhere. The Blazers got out-hustled for two rebounds on one play by Rondé Hollis-Jefferson against the Raptors. That's a big deal. Giving up extra points for a team that's already bad on defense is a big deal. And part of me thinks this is here to stay. Hassan Whiteside deters people from getting to the paint. There's no doubt about it. You watch him play, and people do not go all the way to the rim with him in there. But they also know that he's going to hang around the rim, and so they pull up their drives a little bit short, either take a mid-range jumper or wait for the sort of half-help to come and swing the ball out to the perimeter. Or, like the Raptors did, they just took Hassan Whiteside out of the paint. They moved They moved Marcus Ole to the perimeter, and they bet that their guys, Fred Van Vliet or Pascal Siakam, could beat the Blazers guys one-on-one, and it worked. There are no secrets in the league. If you and I know that the Blazers are terrible one-on-one defenders and and particularly down the stretch do not have a good crunch time lineup, teams are going to take advantage and hunt that issue. They're going to crash the boards hard in the fourth knowing that the Blazers are a terrible defensive rebounding team. And if the Blazers have to play CJ, Damon, Ant to have any chance of scoring on the other end consistently, then they're just going to sacrifice a lot on defense. I don't think this can be... I don't think the Blazers have a roster right now that can be an above-average NBA defense. But I think being dead last by a significant margin at winning time on defense can improve. And I think it has to improve if they're going to get anywhere near the playoffs. I kind of thought Wednesday's game against Toronto was encouraging. I thought they played well. I thought Nazir Little showed gave them a dynamic they were missing. I thought they hung with this team because in a night where Dame, Damian Lillard couldn't get off offensively, talk about that in the third segment. But I also thought it was discouraging because it was all the same problems we've seen from the Blazers so many times. 
They just weren't good on defense down the stretch and lost at crunch time yet again. It feels like we've seen that so much. It's frustrating. The other thing we've seen so much is teams selling out to stop Damian Lillard and daring anyone else to beat the Blazers. That's what I want to talk about in the third segment. Close out the show talking about how teams are paying attention to Damian Lillard. But before we do that, I want to tell you guys about my bookie. During Thanksgiving week, MyBookie is offering a risk-free bet on the Bears-Lions game. Simply choose a team against the spread for up to 250 bucks. If you win, congrats. You've got some extra holiday spending money. If you lose, congratulations to you as well. MyBookie will give you all your money back. It's a no-brainer because you literally cannot lose. It's no risk, all gravy. It doesn't matter whether you're an experienced player or a first-time customer, MyBookie welcomes all to come play. So quit waiting around and sign up today. Just log on to MyBookie.ag and make your first deposit with the promo code LOCKEDONNBA. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-N-B-A. And MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar to jumpstart your bankroll, and that's on top of the risk-free bet. Let me repeat, that's a guaranteed deposit to match and a risk-free bet for Thanksgiving only. So if you're a true football fan, you do not want to let this opportunity pass you by. You simply can't lose. Make sure you do your part, support your team this season, hop on the gravy train and get in the action with my bookie. You play, you win, you get paid. All right, still locked on Blazers, still pass first point guard, still Mike Richmond. Talked about Nazir Little, surprise starter. Talked about the Blazers' fourth quarter defense. It's super bad, guys. It's real bad. It's costing them basically all their games. They can't stop anyone, anybody. They just cannot keep anybody in front of them when the game's on the line. But there's more bad news. I promised you two segments of bad news. That's what happens when you're covering a 4-8 and eight team that talked about Larry O'Brien trophies in September. It's their fault for setting our expectations too high, folks. And it's your fault for listening to me, known pessimist, Mike Richmond. In any case, I'm a fun pessimist, so thanks for rocking with me. But I want to close the show talking about how teams are defending Damian Lillard because it is really going to extremes we haven't seen. The Brooklyn Nets were the first team I saw do this, and they came out and played a straight-up old-school box-and-one on Damian Lillard. That is, four dudes playing a zone and one guy face-guarding Dame basically guarding him 94 feet. Most teams have taken to guarding him basically foul line from the opposite foul line, at least 80 feet of court, or denying him the ball and inbounds passes and making him work for it. But the Nets took it to another level, and they straight up played a box and one on him. Not too long, maybe four or five possessions, but it showed you the level of respect Brooklyn had for what Dame could do and maybe the level of disrespect they had for his teammates. They said, hey, literally anyone else, try to go score on our weird passive zone we're going to play. Sacramento on Tuesday night didn't go box and one, but they did play the way we've seen a bunch of teams play, which is just aggressively trapping Dame on pick and rolls, sending, if he goes, if he comes around a screen, you send two guys. And even if you don't stay there and trap, trap the whole time, you at least send two bodies in front of him and then try to sprint to recover behind the pick, behind the roll. Uh, because Sasan Whiteside doesn't move super, super fast, it allows 
centers to maybe play hang around just a couple beats longer than in other situations. Also, he's not like a super instinctive passer, so the ball doesn't zip when da- if Dame were to get rid of it early as the double team comes. But then on Wednesday night, we saw it again. Rondé Hollis Jefferson at 6'9", almost 6'10". He's probably listed at 6'8 now with the new height measurements. Apologies. But him and his, he's got great length. He is a power forward probably by most measurements. Guarding Dame, 94 feet, face guarding him, denying him the ball, and the Raptors sitting back in his zone. The straight up box and one returns. And I don't think a lot of teams are going to play box and one. I don't think that's in every team's arsenal to uh, roll out the box and one. But I do think it's troublesome because Dame's workload is already incredibly high. They The Blazers just need him to be... They need him to be what he's been, which is, you know, one of the 10 best players in the league, one of the five best players in the league, maybe to start the season. But... It, there's more than that. It's They need him to maybe not just score, but to set the action up, to come off pick and rolls hard, to, to, to just drive hard, to draw defenses, to make people react, to make defenses react. So when teams go try so hard to take him out of the game and he has to work so hard just to get the ball, it makes for tough nights. He got 10 shots off against the Kings in a game that the Blazers scored 99 points. He he got to the free throw line a bunch in that game. So maybe more accurately for my nerds out there, he had 24 shooting possessions. But against the Raptors, he couldn't get to the line. He only took three free throws and he only got 12 shots. That's 22 field goal attempts in two games. He should probably shoot that many times every single night. On top of that, Damian Lillard leads league in minutes. He's played 461 minutes through 12 games. That's 38 minutes a night. That is too many. By any measurement. He cannot keep up this workload all season long. And here's the bad news for me. The Blazers have no other option. He needs to play 38 minutes. And teams know that. They are going to throw double and triple teams at him. They are going to wall off the paint and put four guys in his in his way and say, anyone else try to beat us. The Blazers will have to figure out solutions. They're not going to see a box and one every night, but they are going to see this concerted defensive effort, and they are probably going to have to play Dame 36-plus minutes every single night to have a chance. His workload and the defensive attention, to me, Seems like a big deal because by the time the Blazers made the Western Conference Finals last year, Damian Lillard looked exhausted. Now, this team doesn't look like it's going to sniff the Western Conference Finals. They don't look like they're going to sniff the Western Conference playoffs as we record this one today, but they believe they're a team that's going to be in the postseason. And if they're going to get there, they're going to need a lot of Damian Lillard. And right now, opposing teams are doing anything they absolutely, absolutely can to make it tough on them. That's not going anywhere. His workload's actually getting harder, I'd say. And the the onus is on, it probably starts with CJ McCollum, but it's on the coaching staff and it's on his teammates, CJ and Rodney Hood, guys who can create offense for themselves to keep defenses on us and punish teams that send too many guys at Damian Lillard. Because what he showed against the Raptors particularly 
is that he's willing to just make the right pass, to pass out of double teams, to pass out of, you know, the Pascal Siakam, Marcus Ole traps, to, to when he's getting hounded by Fred Van Vliet 45 feet from the rim to try to get off the ball and get it back. He's shown a willingness to make the right play. The Blazers have to punish teams by rewarding Dame behind that. It's not going anywhere. Neither is Nazir Little. And neither is probably the Blazers' fourth quarter defense. We we talked about all things here to stay. That's what we're doing here on Lockdown Blazers. So can you guys do me a favor? Tell your friends about the show. If you like this podcast, you like the Blazers, you got a friend who is a Blazer fan, they'll probably like it too. Tell them they can find it wherever they already get podcasts. Google, Apple, Stitcher, Spotify. Appreciate you guys listening. Talk to you real soon.